Hey everyone, welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast. We have another tremendous episode ahead. In today's episode, I got to hang out with one of the sassiest female entrepreneurs I know. Jordan Evans is the founder of Mingle Seasonings. She took time out of her day just to tell me about her incredible journey to date. Very soon, you will see the Mingle Seasonings in over 500 coal stores in Australia. Jordan created Mingle just only three years ago after seeing a gap in the market one Sunday afternoon. Mingle has grown just strength to strength with over 40,000 followers on Instagram and some great online sales. Jordan also had some great support from the Chibani Incubator and the Melbourne Accelerator programs where she's just gaining some fantastic business support to help her grow and it's paying off. Mingle is definitely shaking things up and I just loved hanging out with Jordan. Not only is she inspiring, she is absolutely motivating for any entrepreneur, especially if you're female and just wanting to grow an idea from nothing. Switch off, chill out and enjoy episode number 29. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Hello and welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast, episode number 29. And I'm in the centre of Melbourne City Centre with Jordan Evans from Mingle. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Jordan. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank uh, you for having me. Thank you. And just to start off, like, I'm, I'm in my little element here with your kind of, it's your office, but mm. you're with, did you say, 30 different startups that are just sitting in this level yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a pretty cool office. So yeah. we're at the um, Melbourne Uni Accelerator Program office on Exhibition Street, and yeah, I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by amazing tech entrepreneurs, Fantastic. engineers, and a whole lot of different startups. Beautiful. And let's go back to the start. So you're the founder of Mingle Seasonings, mm-hmm. and for the people listening, what is Mingle Seasonings and where did you begin this idea? Yeah, let's go way back. Um, so, Mingle is shaking things up in the spice Beautiful. aisle. Like we did that. <laughs> I have a few spice buns. <laughs> um, with a range of all natural seasonings. Uh, so, we started about three years ago. I was working uh, for a drinks company at the time. So, I was cool. working for Cappy Sparkling. Okay. Um, and Cappy was, you know, a uh, botanical uh, drinks company, no preservatives. And so I started to be quite a conscious label reader. Uh, and, yeah, I guess one thing led to another. Uh, Sunday afternoon, I was prepping my meals for the week. So I had my chicken out. I had my veggies out. I love out. a good food prepper, yeah. Got I your do. Tupperware out. I yep. do. Um, and headed to the pantry to grab the seasoning that I usually would use Mm -hmm. and it was a brand that I'd grown up with and I think just because of mum having it in the pantry I never really thought about what was in the product. Okay yeah. Um, So that day turned the label around and much to my um, surprise I was like oh there's sugar in this Mm -hmm. and high amounts of salt and all these numbers and at that point I was like I actually don't feel confident using this seasoning anymore. But I loved a seasoning because, don't get me wrong, paprika is cool, but there's something about a seasoning. Is it? <laughs> I don't mind paprika, but there's something about a seasoning that 
different spices blended mm -hmm. together. You know, you get a bold punch of flavor um, in the back of your mouth. I, I love flavor. Yeah. Um, but also the convenience of like simply shaking something on, you know, my chicken on veg. So uh, at that point in time, um, I my dad owns his own business. My grandpa owns uh, owned cool. his own business. So I've always had this entrepreneurial itch and was looking for an idea. Um, I love cooking and kind of at that point, light bulb moment, I was wow. like, oh, maybe I could create some seasonings. And that's and, how it started. Yeah. And I think I recognized as well there was, from a consumer's point of view, mm. there was a gap in the market. So I wanted to create a product that wasn't just seen as a commodity. <laughs> and I could see, similar to what had been done in tea and coffee, um, in spices it I'm inserting another pun here, but it was a really bland category. Mm -hmm, yeah. And for a millennial customer that was looking for brands that, you know, were innovative, creative, fun, and had, you know, a level of t uh, tone of voice. Yeah. And um, I felt like that was missing in the spice category. And that's how Mingle was started. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you had the idea, you started playing around with a few seasonings. Mm -hmm. Where did you go? So then you're going, I'm going to take this take this further. Did you start off at farmer's markets or mm -hmm. did you just kind of, where did it go from there? Mm -hmm. So um, experimented a lot in the kitchen and kind of wanted to create a range of seasoning blends that could be used every day mm -hmm. and for everyday people. Now, the typical millennial in me was like, how to launch a business, <laughs> uh, Instagram account yeah. and online website. Mm -hmm. Um and it kind of worked in, it, it did work in my favor. Mm. So I definitely recognized if I was going to create a brand that was going to shake things up in the spice industry, I had to do things differently. Yeah. And, you know, the multinational companies have millions of dollars to spend on marketing. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't be the only one endorsing and advertising and promoting my product. Mm -hmm. I had to create a community and for, uh, let, like enable other people to promote my product. Um, so yeah, quite organically started yeah. an Instagram account and really got my customers to promote Mingle for me really authentically. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, kind of created a bit of a, I'm not going to say a movement, I feel yeah. like, but a it, cult, a seasoning cult. Yeah, yeah. A seasoning cult. Yeah. Um, where I was quite shocked that people would be creating meals um, and be taking pictures, cool. holding their, you know, finished meal, their mingle bottle and, and posting yeah. their creation. Nice. And it kind of snowballed from there. Well, it sounds like a, you've got to have a strong brand because I don't think many people would take a photo of them with a seasoning bottle. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think the last time I've ever taken cinnamon out of the cupboard and <laughs> wanted to do a selfie. But yeah. so one, even just from seeing your brand in independent stores before, mm -hmm. we'll talk about the Coles release, but... It's a cool brand. Mm -hmm. And going back to Instagram, like it seems to have worked because you've got 40,000 followers mm. who, with the reviews from the website and online, mm. everyone seems to be enjoying it. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think starting from that humble place of creating, I saw a need for myself mm. as a consumer. And then, you know, I went out to my friends and said, you know, if you... <laughs> would this resonate with you? And so I feel like the brand has come quite authentically from me and the tone yeah. of voice is relatable and approachable and it's resonated with people because 
I think that that's what's missing these days yeah. is people just want to talk to real people yeah. and not feel like they're being sold something. And um, I guess, yeah, quite strategically, I with a background in marketing, I originally named each seasoning after a different girl's name. I seen that was yeah. it was one of the questions that I wrote yeah. down to kind of go what because Sally, there's Sophia. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Um, so the rationale was, yeah, I wanted people to feel something more than just yeah. hey, it's a spice in a bottle. <laughs> and I thought, you know, the way people build relationships is what if we personified the seasoning products and created names reflective of their flavors. Yeah. So Sophia is our Mexican Fiesta blend. Sahara is our Moroccan blend. And it enabled people to kind of build relationships with each seasoning and then create favorites. Yeah. Um, yeah and created like flavorsome language around the brand as well. So a lot of people, yeah, caught onto it and be like, tonight I'm mingling <laughs> with Sophia. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I probably would say at the start of the brand um, and launching the brand, that definitely um, contributed to the success. It's something so different, yeah. Because mm-hmm. most brands would never, never even give it that personality. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, when I was looking through kind of which products I'd buy, I was, mm-hmm. I was going, oh, this is pretty, this is different and cool. It, yeah. It reminded me of, uh, it actually reminded me of Coach Carter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like each different play yeah. was one of his sister's names and I was like oh I, like I it. didn't get it from Coach Carter no but it's a good, good film anyone listening yeah <laughs> go on Mingle first and then watch <laughs> Coach Carter on the weekend it's a good film that's fantastic so you've built this this millennial kind of company and mm-hmm. millennial brand mm-hmm. are you seeing that that's your customer um, like who is your target customer or would it be the millennial health fitness Mm -hmm. consumer is that Mm -hmm. is that on point um it you're definitely yeah on point Mm. so i think we now have two distinct customers um obviously the platform that i chose to launch the brand on resonated with the millennial audience and i am a millennial myself Mm. so it's yeah certainly a female health conscious age 25 to 35 um, working professional mm. and I think conscious of time as well. Yeah, I okay. mean, life is so busy mm-hmm. nowadays. We are all looking for convenient options. Um, and also some like just a product that people could feel confident using. I think ingredient transparency nowadays is yeah. so important. Yeah. Um, and so having no nasties in my product was something that I was like, it's a must. Um, just coming from, I guess, that yeah. background of developing natural products. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so you've created this business. Mm-hmm. You've you've created your Instagram account. When did Chibani come on board and when did you get involved in mm-hmm. the Chibani incubator? Um, so it probably was a year after okay. um, we were going as a business. Um, and at that time, so I was working full-time on at Cappy for mm-hmm. about a year Um once Mingle was launched and was getting to the point where I was like, okay, okay yeah. it's time to put all the poker chips in and really take the leap. And I think a month or so after I went full-time onto the business, yeah, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity wow. with the Chibani. Because that's brave in itself, just leaving yeah, your, your secure monthly wage coming in. To, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I, 
I actually tried to leave Cappy three times. <laughs> they called me Johnny Farnham because my goodbye tour was <laughs> was so long because I loved it there. Yeah. And the owner of Cappy, Pitsy Folk, um, is still a mentor of mine, but just a savvy businessman Fantastic. that really took me under under his wing. Mm. And, yeah, I just owe so much to that man. Um, he taught me everything I knew and – when I joined Cappy, there were only 14 members. Wow. And when I left, there were about 15. And I just, I learned everything mm. of how to create a product, you know, bring it to market, how to deal with retailers. Um, and just, yeah, I got exposed to every facet Beautiful. of business. So it was a really hard decision mm. to leave. But yeah, I was at a point in my life where it was, it was now or never. I didn't have a mortgage. Mm -hmm. I moved back home to kind of alleviate any risk yep. and was like, it's time. Great. Mm. And then, so is it an application that you sent in or did Chibani approach you or did you just go, ah, oh, let's, let's work with Chibani and on their incubation and yeah. how did that work? Um, well, just Chibani are just an incredible company. So they um had the idea of the incubator program and then actually reached out to certain food brands um and brought us all in for a dinner and said hey guys um we're thinking of launching this program as a food entrepreneur what are you looking for so they actually right. created the program based on the entrepreneur's needs fantastic yeah um and then after that dinner yeah there was an application process we had to do a video and a range of questions mm -hmm. and then i think there were two rounds of interviews um so it was quite comprehensive yeah, yeah. um and yeah it was i was wow. lucky because i know um nick who runs 99th monkey mm, he's he, a legend he was yeah he's a yeah. cool kind of guy and yeah He's, he was part of, was he part of your group or was he a different group? Was he? Was he was part of my fantastic. group. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah so. yeah. so there's only been one cohort okay. so far, but um, I think I went about my entrepreneurial journey quite um, alone initially. Mm. So I quit my job and I didn't even really engage in the startup yeah. space. I would work from public libraries or from home. Yeah, okay. And really six months in that... I was going insane. I'm like a very social person. Yeah. And so the Chibani incubator, not only did I learn a lot um, from a technical point of view, but just the friends and the community that was created, I'm like, they're friends for life. And it's just so refreshing knowing that other people are going through yeah. the same thing. And so just to be able to pick up the phone, I probably speak to Nick once or twice a week oh, and, be, right. and I'm like, you know, shelf-ready packaging or <laughs> yeah, pallet utilisation, yeah. <laughs> what is this? Or, um, yeah, he just recently um, got into, he I think, did, 160 yeah. cold Literally, stores. it's launched, uh, we're at the, well, the 1st of October, mm. yeah, it goes in as of last week and, yeah, yeah which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, and he, honestly... I don't say this lightly, but I'm like a proud mum on the sideline. <laughs> like his win is my win because mm. I know, I know his family. I know as well like how hard he has Beautiful. worked to just and what he's sacrificed mm. to get that. And I think as a food entrepreneur, getting into a major retailer is kind of what you're working yeah. towards. So. Um, yeah, I'm so proud of him and I just wish him all the success. So then if you're the proud mum on the sidelines, he must be the proud dad because <laughs> you are now in the, the majors mm. as of just recently. Um, um, so I I will be in the major retailers uh, 
start of November. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I, my bottles um, are in five coal stores at yep. the moment, but yeah, just recently found out um, two of my sachet flavors will be Congratulations. stocked in 630 coal stores. And how did you find that process? Like, it's because coming from, so it's at Coles, you're, you're launching Coles, into Coles, yeah, and when you walk into that head office and reception, it's just a world of just chaos and There's excitement. So it's just, you wonder what everyone does at that place. Mm. And I used to take it, like, the guy used to be there, and you kind of meet suppliers for the first time who are just kind of, like, wide-eyed, like, <laughs> what are we here? like, what is going on? How did you find that process? Because you worked with Jess from Coles Local mm-hmm. originally, who, to me, is one of the best category managers, like, mm-hmm out there like mm-hmm. she she's got the vision she's got the drive and she actually knows what she's doing yeah um how did you find all that um so yeah i i was definitely lucky to um so my product initially was stocked in coles mm-hmm. local so i feel like the analogy i'm going to use is like i went is to that another g- seasoning put <laughs> no no it's like i went to kindergarten retail yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I certainly learned a lot about, you know, barcodes and, okay, yeah. and managing DCs and yeah, but really okay. not at scale. <laughs> so for the first year I have learned what not to do and what to do and how to deal with category buyers. Yeah. Um and so dealing with the main spice buyer, Sinead, um, I feel like I was because of that experience, I was a little bit more calm and relaxed. Okay. I'm certainly more very still protective over my brand, mm-hmm. bias over my brand. Um, but I also just have realized that, you know, category buyers are just human beings. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be this nerve-wracking experience. I just, you know, sat down with Sinead, had a conversation. Yep. And it's also got to work for her and understanding what she's looking at you know, where are the trends for her? What are the gaps in the market for her? And seeing if Minkle can fit into that rather than just going there and pitching yeah. ignorantly about my brand and telling her how good it is. It's like, it's got to work for her too. Yeah, so you, You're so true. Like, yeah. it's, it's, at the end of the day, they need to make profit for their... It, they have a job mm-hmm. and they have to make profit mm-hmm. for their category. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 100%, they are just humans. Mm-hmm. Like, I've met so many nice people for, who are category managers. Some of them, and I've openly said it on this podcast, some of them are absolute dickheads. Mm. Uh, but some, like 90% of them, are just human beings that actually love brands like yours. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as I say, Jess is, Jess is one of the good ones. And yeah, I'm so glad that she saw your brand and mm. you're now, yeah, you're now stepping it up. But how scary is barcodes and um, <laughs> filling out all those forms? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... I recently had to sign off my artwork for the sachets. Oh. And it's fine. <laughs> it's a scary process. It actually is. Yeah. I have never been more methodical with my artwork in my life because I was like, there's no turning around. Yeah. I can't, you know, go to every store and change the barcode or this or that. I'm like, you know, that's a recall if I stuff up that artwork yeah. and it's it's now recall. it's now getting serious that's cool so then going off by that what would you say your biggest hurdles or biggest challenges has been like since going from literally mixing and matching seasonings from a kitchen mm. to stepping up what have what has been your biggest learning so far so um i've learned a lot 
with manufacturing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I started selling my seasonings, honestly, blending spices in my kitchen, yeah. Breaking Bad style. And <laughs> love it. I swear my neighbours thought I was trafficking drugs. <laughs> little like, bags of parsley. Yeah, little... <laughs> bags of garlic. Yeah. Um, so going from that to then going to like a small manufacturing facility mm-hmm. um, and maintaining the quality yeah. and maintaining taste and also kind of enrolling those people that for them it's just, you know, a day job. But for me it's like my heart and soul. And there's a lot on the line, enrolling those people in um, caring yeah. more than seeing it just as a job yeah. has probably been one of the most challenging things. And then from that small manufacturing facility, now securing this Coles deal, mm-hmm. moving to, you know, like a really large manufacturing yeah, facility okay. and just kind of the, the business challenges that come with that of credit terms and, yeah, you know, okay. cash flow. Mm-hmm. I think cash flow has definitely kept me up at night. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, the mental resilience of, I have been working towards this cause deal for three years. And at some point you, you do start questioning yourself of it, it's like a marathon. It's yeah. like, how long am I going to, am I willing to push it to not pay myself a salary? How long am I willing to, you know, be rejected and be told no? Yeah. Um, and you've, I've, I've rolled with the punches, but I think those challenges will never stop. How to, you know, maintain quality, mm-hmm. how to be resilient every day. You're going to, I'm, I'm the most passionate about my product, enrolling other people, yeah. you know, when I'm now up against multinational companies and it's about to get real. Correct. Mm-hmm. They're going to come for your space on the shelf. Yeah. So then going off by that, where do you see the future for Mingle? Like mm-hmm. Where, where? You've probably got many ideas in your head. Where, yeah, what are the ones that you're allowed to uh, discuss? <laughs> um, so I definitely I see us um, diversifying with with new flavors um, and other categories. Mm. Um, and for me, I've always so I started I, I started this brand having a direct relationship with my customer. Mm-hmm. And that has enabled me to, you know, foster a community and also drive people into the store. And at some at some point, like leverage something that yep. I just it's been my greatest fear of the retailer dictating and having all the control. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I have aspirations to grow my food retail business, yep. I also have, you know, dreams and aspirations to do a few things outside of the store and own a retail experience Beautiful. myself at some point. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a story. Like literally I can feel your passion and I, I just know that you're not like talking with Nick and stuff like that. There's so many different brands out there and people and individuals who are mm-hmm. going through the same process who just want to put great products on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And I think you nailed it on that by saying it is a marathon. Um, mm-hmm. There's not, in the 29 episodes that we're doing Mm -hmm. not one of the businesses or brands have just had an overnight success so Mm -hmm. congratulations on what you've achieved so far so thank you i'm excited and i'm excited to try the the sweet i've not tried the sweet option Uh, yeah so that's something i will be trying so hopefully thank you very much (laughs) hopefully i'll be trying that soon and seeing it on the shelf as well so 
if people wanted to buy your product, mm-hmm. I know you said it's it calls local and mm-hmm. it will be rolling out into stores. Mm-hmm. Where's the best website and um, social media accounts to find you on? Yeah, awesome. Um, so our website is mingleseasoning.com and you can get the full range there. Yep. Um, social media is Mingle Seasoning. Uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, we're in uh, Coles Local, Coles Q, Taronga, Mornington, and I'm forgetting one, but yeah, our product, um, the bottle range yep. is in those stores. Um, and then we're going to have Curry in a Hurry and Spag Bowl in 630 Coles stores Amazing. start of November. Oh, beautiful. So go and buy it, go and try it, support a, a, an Australian small business. Mm. And uh, yeah, f- thank you very much for uh, your time, Jordan. My and pleasure. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next uh, next time for another episode. And uh, have a great day, everybody.